worship team. And man, Merry Almost Christmas. My name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor, one of the teaching pastors here. And um, I was out to breakfast with some friends yesterday, and we just talked about how weird it is that this is, that Christmas is here even, you know? And, and this is actually Christmas Sunday because next Sunday will be the day after Christmas, and it's just been kind of strange. So this is Christmas Sunday, unless, of course, you're coming to the Christmas Eve service, which is at 3 o'clock, 4.30, or 6 o'clock. That was a little ad there. <laughs> but uh, I don't know about you, but it's just been kind of a, a weird season uh, for, for me, especially in the Maddox household. Um, I don't know if you know or not, but... Uh, Earlier this, this spring, we had someone come up and wanted to buy our house, so we sold our house and decided to build a, a new one, and so uh, we've been kind of homeless for the last eight months or so. We actually moved in with Courtney and Trevor, and yeah, so pray for us, but anyway, we've moved out now, so it's all good, and they're very happy, and we're very happy, but it's just been kind of odd, and, and so I don't know if you know, but my wife loves Christmas, okay? She loves to decorate for Christmas, and, and so... Uh, normally it comes about, I don't know, November or so, and I wait for that, that Indian summer week of, of weather, and I put all the Christmas lights on the house, and she loves Christmas lights. So as we were building this house, uh, she said, well, are we going to put the Christmas lights up this week? I said, honey, we don't have gutters and or electricity. That's not going to do us a lot of good, you know, to put Christmas lights up. And so a little bit later on, she kept talking about it, talking about it. She even recruited some of you guys, I think, to, to try to do this, because I said, no, it's not going to happen. And... Uh, and so then it got, we actually did have electricity and gutters, and, and then it was just too muddy. You couldn't get in the yard or ladders or anything like that, so we just kind of foregone all that. And we weren't even going to put up a Christmas tree this year, okay? I mean, that's how far it had, had gotten. And, and now, we're, you know, we're no Matt and Betsy beers or anything like that and have 63 trees in our house or anything, but we do love Christmas. And, and so the, the whole thing every year is we also decorate around nutcrackers and and I'm telling you, it's a serious thing around our house because Barb has lots of nutcrackers. As a matter of fact, I just I want to show you how serious this thing is. This is actually one of our nutcrackers. So there you go, you know. And, and this is the real deal, okay. I mean, it is a true-to-life nutcracker, all right. And, and, and just in case you're wondering how tall this thing is, it's actually taller than Mark Bloom. And, um, and don't feel bad, Mark, because it's taller than Jordan also, and he gets freaked out by this thing, you know. He does, I think I'm going to hide it in his office after Christmas, just... <laughs> Yeah, just so it's sitting in there, and he turns on the lights, and there it is. Yeah. Oh man, we love Christmas around our house, but it's been kind of depressing, and 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 just some odd things, and with and so we just said, hey, you know, we're not going to even put up Christmas tree. We actually put it up on Friday because of some stuff that was happening. I tried to make Barb happy, and so, but it's just, yeah, it's just been a weird Christmas. I don't know about you, you know. And so here we are in week three of our Christmas series, a weary world rejoices. Is this thing bothering anybody? I mean, is it staring at you? Let's just cover it back up. Okay. Uh, you want it? He's okay? All right. All right. We'll leave him up. If he starts to annoy you, just let me know in the middle of it. Like, oh. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but for us, it has been just kind of a strange year. It's been a weary year for us. And, and I, don't get me wrong. We are very grateful and thankful for all that God has done and provided for us. And he's taken care of us. But there's just been some, some odd stuff with us being kind of displaced for a lot of the year. We had some dealings with aging parents and things this year. And so I'll just be honest with you. This Christmas season, we are weary. And my guess is that some of you are in the very same shoes. You know, it's just, it's just been a tough, tough year. 
And so last week we talked about a couple of characters that were very important to the Christmas story, Mary and Joseph. And this year, I, I would love, or this year, this week, I would like to actually talk about my favorite characters in, in, in the Christmas story, and that is the story of the shepherds. Any shepherds in here? Any? Anybody know any shepherds in here? It's really too bad because I have lots of questions about shepherds, you know? It's kind of a lost art. And, and I just wonder, you know, do they work in shifts? I mean, is there, you know, the first shift, second shift, third shift? Are they with the sheep all the time? How do they get any rest? Do they have a 401k program? You know, vacation days, how many do they get a year and things like that? And it's just kind of a, a weird thing because it's an occupation that we obviously don't have much anymore, especially around here. And so here are these, these, these shepherds out, and, and, and it's just a unique story. So let's start it actually in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And I think so often, you know, we hear this story every Christmas read or, or, or talked about, and, and I think we can lose the impact of what is actually going on here. And so I just want to put us into the, into the, the, the feet of, of the shoes of, of these shepherds, or the sandals of these shepherds of this year. And, and here they are, you know, doing their shepherding thing. They're out shepherding, and, and, and it's in the, in the middle of the night. And have you ever been around a place where, you know, there's no ambient light, there's no city or anything, and the sky just explodes with all the stars? I mean, that's where they are. And, and here they are. They've got to be kind of on guard at night probably because of, uh, of the nocturnal creatures would come and try to eat the sheep and the wolves and things like that. So they're still on guard. And in the middle of this vast darkness, there's nobody around. There's no, no city around. There's no people around. It's just them and these sheep. And it's got to be kind of eerie. And all the vastness of the universe out here, and all of a sudden, this angel shows up out of nowhere and starts speaking to them. And it says that they were terrified. I bet they were. And not only that, in a little bit, then there's a whole host of angels that come. You know, and, and if you ever hear talk about the angels, it's, it's these armies of heaven is what they say. And some of them probably look like warriors. And it, it's got to be freaking these guys out. They're scared to death. And they come to these lowly shepherds which I think is fascinating and I think is so relevant to us today because here are these shepherds that historians will tell us that were basically the lowest economic rung on the ladder, that they were outcast, that these guys couldn't even go and, and worship. They, they were considered unclean, so they couldn't go to temple. And so here they are, but God some, somehow chooses these people to come and announce that something amazing is about to happen. They haven't heard from God, like we said, for 500 years. And they've been waiting for the Messiah. And for some reason, of all the people, God doesn't choose to go to the Pharisees. He doesn't go to choose to go to the, the, the religious elite, the ones who know Scripture inside and out, that have grown up memorizing everything, all the good, good people. They didn't go to the temple. He goes out in the middle of nowhere to these shepherds to announce, my plan is starting. It's crazy, isn't it? And I think it's so important for us today because I believe that it's the same for us today. 
You may be sitting here today and think, you know what? I'm just the lowly people. I don't belong. I don't fit in. You know, that whole worship thing, I don't, I don't know. But yet God chose those kind of people to come and announce that I have a plan. And I love that picture. Listen to this. The angel actually talking to these, these shepherds. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy in all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has born, been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you, and you will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. If you are sitting here today and you don't think you matter to God, if you are sitting here today and you think that you're an outcast, that you are somebody else, that you don't really belong, I want you to understand that the angel would say the same thing to you today, that today you are the ones that God sent this baby to. I think it is so powerful for us to do today. It ought to be an absolute encouragement for us. And then there is what the angels are actually saying or singing or, or praising. It says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace on earth. And this Christmas series we've been talking about, we started out with joy. We talked about how joy was a five-letter word. And we talked about last week about how hope, and it was a five-letter word. And this week we're going to be talking about peace, which is actually a five-letter word. So, you know... But here we are, you know, how this Christmas season can we have that joy and that hope and that peace? And you see that word peace on earth everywhere, don't you? You see it on Christmas cards. You see it on Christmas ornaments every place around. There's this all peace on earth, which makes you wonder, you know, when is the last time that you actually experienced and we had peace on earth? Where there wasn't a war or a conflict or something going on that just isn't very peaceful. And... And I don't think we can look back at the last two years and think of anything about peace. It just hasn't been peaceful in any of our lives, has it? You know, we've got this pandemic that just seems like it won't, won't go away. And, and the world has just been turned upside down. Where is the peace in all of that? And every negative statistic that, that people have tracked have been gone up over the last two years and continue to go up. Anxiety is at a, a, an all-time high. Depression is also there's loneliness, divorce is at an all-time high, suicide, isolation. Everything is going on, and there's just this lack of peace. There's this lack of, of, of what is happening here. There's political and racial unrest, and we're longing for peace. It's just hard to come by this season, is it, in our culture, in our world, in our society. And maybe that is why you're here today. Maybe you've tried to find peace in all kinds of places or hope and enjoy, and you're thinking, you know, maybe this whole God thing, I don't even know if, it, if he really exists or if this Jesus thing is real, but if it is, then maybe that's the place, and you come in a last-ditch effort to, to church and saying, here, here I am, you know, I, I don't know where, where else to turn, and we're so glad that you are here today. Jordan, on our online campus, asked the question, you know, what does peace look like for you? What does it mean for you? And I love the responses we got from our online campus. Here's just some of them. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of God. When my heart is at rest and knowing God is in control, that's peace. Peace to me is the calm feeling deep inside me despite all the craziness going on around me. Peace is the confidence that grounds you, the rock you anchor yourself to and let you know that it's okay no matter what chaos and emotions are battering you at the moment. Peace is a result, evidence of trust and faith. God gives it. It cannot be mustered. 
a calmness in knowing that all is well in my being no matter the outward circumstances. I loved those responses because <laughs> they got it. They understood what peace looked like for us. And there's this common theme through all of this is that in the midst of the storm, in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of everything that's going wrong, things that you didn't plan, things that you, you don't want to be involved in, that is, it just seems like they're crushing you here. There's this calmness. There's this peace that is there anyway. And my guess is you all know someone that's the epitome of this, that, that, that they seem to be able to go through all kinds of difficult things, that no matter what life throws at them, whether it's loss or hurt or 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 anxiety, or whatever it is that comes to them, but yet they handle it. They don't like it. They don't want to be in that position, but they have this underlying peace about them. And you're wondering, where in the world does that come from? And I think some of the issue is that, that, that some of us can never find peace because we believe peace is the absence of all that stuff going on. It's the absence of, of, of troubles that we, we may face. It's the absence of, of hurt, of problems. It's living that perfect life, and we keep searching for that, 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 that kind of peace. And we try to live a life void of any kinds of problems or any kind of hurt or any kind of anything that happens to us. We realize that that cannot be achieved, and we are never promised that as a follower of Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Notice it's many trials, plural, and many sorrows. He's saying that you're not going to avoid this. There's going to be stuff that's going to come out at you. But the, the verse before that, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus says that it's all part of me, which brings us to our very first point today is true peace starts and ends with Jesus. That that is what we're, if you want peace in your life, it, it, it's got to start with Jesus. It's got to be have him at the forefront of your lives. Listen again to what the angels were singing. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. On whom his favor rests. And I think so often we, we kind of skip over that whole thing. You see, who does his favor rest on? It rests on the people who have set their lives to Jesus, who said, you know what, I trust in what he has done. That they understand, we understand that Jesus came on earth just to live a life that we can see how, how we are supposed to navigate this whole thing, how to love others, how to love people. And then he goes and he dies on a cross. Christmas was just the, the start of this whole process that God was starting, pointing to the cross where he would take our sins, everything you've ever done wrong, anything you ever will do wrong, and nailed him and paid the the penalty for your sins. That's what the Christmas story is all about. That's who people's favor rests on. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus with your life and say, I trust on what Christ did on the cross, his favor rests on you, and you can have the peace of Jesus. Listen to this in John chapter 14, verse 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. So often we try to find our peace, we try to find our hope and our joy in things of this world, in the things that, you know, material things that we think is going to make us happy, that car, that house, that whatever it is, a relationship maybe. And when the real peace is, is, is found in, in the person of Jesus, and he says to guard our heart from those things, we will never find the joy and the hope and the peace in the world. 
So how do we have that whole peace when you know, it seems like everything is facing it? Thanks of divorce, loss, you name it. We go back to exactly what our online campus said. Peace is the confidence that grounds you. The rock you anchor yourself to that lets you know that it's okay no matter what chaos and emotions are battering you at the time. We have peace through Jesus. It's our only hope that we have. Our second thing, our second point is that Jesus gives us peace with ourselves. And for so many, especially this time of the year, we live with this kind of anxiety and maybe even guilt of, of, of our past or, 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 or what is going on. We have this feeling of, of hopelessness. I'm afraid that some people will actually look and say, you know, I, you know, I know what my past is. I know what has been done. And, and there's no way that God can love me. There's no way that God can forgive me with everything that is, is out there. And the anxiety builds and, and the worry builds and, and all this stuff, and it feels crushing. And I, I just want to read you a, a piece of scripture from Philippians 4 that Paul talks about this. And he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And I know there's more to all this anxiety and depression, all this kind of stuff, than just a simple prayer. But this is where it starts. Working through it is understanding that I can take all these things, all these pressures, all this anxiety, and lay it at Jesus' feet and say, God, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what, is, is what I'm battling with, and it all starts with there. And if you want to start having peace, that's where it begins. Lay it all in front of them. Tell God what you need, and then praise him and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace. The third thing we have is that Jesus gives us peace with others. <laughs> and I tell you, you know, it's coming to that season that, that, that we, we need a lot of this. You know, you look in the world today and there's all kinds of, of, of issues and problems and division and people not getting along. And then you throw into, all of a sudden, now you're going to have probably a family dinner coming up somewhere, a family Christmas dinner, and old crazy Uncle Joe's going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, sorry, Joe. <laughs> and you just know it's going to come because, you know, that, that, whoever it is is going to say something improper. He's going to give his opinion about either political or racial or whatever it is. And you think, oh, here we go again. And, 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 and we're supposed to have peace with others. We're supposed to love one another as we've been talking about all these months. How in the world do you navigate all that? Because we understand that we're supposed to be peacemakers that under, under all of that. But it has been like this from the beginning of the time. <laughs> is, that, is that there's been always some kind of division going on. And Paul actually addresses it in Ephesians chapter 2. And, and, and there's these Jewish Christians and there's these Gentile Christians and they just don't get along very well. The Jewish Christians want them to, all the Gentiles to act like Jews and they're saying, no, hold, this isn't what we signed up for. And, and, and it would have been so easy for them to say, you know what, we're just going to do a Jewish, Jewish church and we're just going to do a Gentile church. We stay divided, it's no problem. We all love Jesus, here we go. But Paul is having none of that. Here's what he says. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. We can have peace with each other even when we don't see eye to eye, when we don't think exactly the same because we have a common ground of Jesus at the center. 
We can be those kind of peacemakers. We can, we can have peace with others because we know that the, the founding of, of our faith is that of Jesus. And so as we go into this Christmas season and, and we're dealing with those kind of, the, those people who just kind of, you know, they're on your last nerve that you have. And we can understand, you know what? There's not a wall of hostility between us because of the love of Jesus, because of what God has done for us. There's no way that we can, we can share peace, we can participate in peace unless you have peace. And the only way we can have peace with ourselves and with others is to have peace with God. Which brings us to our last point, is that Jesus is the only way to peace with God. And, and, and understand and, and, and notice that it's not about peace of God. Because at time from time, we have this, this un, unbelievable sense of, of this peace that we have. And that's the peace of God, but this is peace with God. You see, we were born and, and, and in a broken relationship with, with the Heavenly Father. That, that we, we just have done things, we have sinned, we, we put ourselves at odds with this holy and perfect God. And so we need to make peace with God. Listen to what Romans chapter 5 says about this, and then we'll break this verse down. The worship team's going to come, and we're going to sing a last song before we leave today. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, starts out by saying this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. We have been made right in God's sight by faith. And so often, I believe, in, in the culture we live in, we, we think that, you know what, if we're going to have peace with God, it's about what we do. And we think that we have this scale here, that God has a scale that as long as I do all these good things and it outweighs all these other things that I do, if my good is better than my bad, then I'm going to be okay with God. But the writer of Hebrew, Romans is saying here, no, we made right in God's sight by faith. We have faith and trust in what Jesus has already done on the cross. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. There's none of us that deserves this. We're all sinners. We're all separated from God. We don't deserve God showing up on Christmas morning, the very first Christmas morning, to live a life that we can look at and, and, and learn how to love others, eventually leading to a cross where he, he paid the price for our, for your sins and mistakes and screw-ups. It's by faith we have that. We have this undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. That's what Christmas is all about. That's why it's so exciting. It's, it's God having this plan of redeeming us, of reconnecting with you, of, of taking that severed relationship and making it whole again through this Jesus. It was his plan all along. And the peace of God can only be accomplished with a peace with God. I want to read you one last scripture. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, here's what it says. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He reconciled you through Jesus. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. He restored your relationship if you so choose. 
by Jesus being on the cross and shedding his blood. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and your actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in the physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's what we're celebrating this Christmas season. It's unimaginable the length of what God did to have a relationship with each one of you. His whole plan all the time was to come in flesh and live among us. That's how much he cared for us. The word became flesh and dwelt, lived, showed us, interacted with each one of us. Anything that we've ever faced is the same thing that Jesus faced, whether it be temptation or struggles or whatever, and he conquered them all. He showed us how to live. He loved people who were, un- he loved people who were unlovable. He showed us exactly how we are to live as followers of Jesus, loving those who are sometimes hard to love. And sometimes we are the ones who are hard to love. And he loved us so much that he went to a cross and he took our sins and he paid the price, the ultimate price for it. That's what Christmas is all about, pointing to that point of what we celebrate on Easter. And it's by faith, it's by trusting, it's by putting our our, our trust in that act of Jesus dying for us that we are reconciled with God, that we have peace with God. And for some of you, maybe you've never done that. And you can, by a simple prayer today, just right now, just say, God, I I want to have that kind of peace with you. I, I know that all my past and what have you, but it's not about what I do, I understand. And so I'm going to trust in what you did on the cross. I want you to forgive me of everything and start my new life today. I love the Christmas season because it's the start of God's plan to redeem me. Undeserved. I did nothing to deserve this. We did nothing to deserve this. But yet God so desperately loves us. He so desperately wants to have a relationship with you. He so desperately wants you to have peace with him that he was willing to go to this extent. That's what Christmas is all about. Would you pray with me? Father, today, if there's anyone out here who just wants to have that kind of peace with you, I pray that they will say that prayer. They just talk to you. There's no special words. They just ask you to come into their life and they would surrender their will to you. And Father, we don't understand <laughs> oh, what it cost you. But these angels came to, to these lowly people just like us <laughs> and you come this year just to these lowly people just like us and say, let's celebrate. I'm here to reconcile. I'm here to redeem. And we are so grateful. So Father, here we are. Here's our lives. And we give it to you. Thank you for coming to rescue each and every one of us. And we will give you all the praise and all the honor for it. It's in the amazing name of Jesus we pray. Amen.